I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Hello, horror fans. Welcome to Be Afraid, the horror podcast hosted by Steve and Steve. You can find us on Instagram at Be Afraid Horror Podcast. Remember to sign in to YouTube and Spotify and also Apple Music to like, rate, and leave us some comments on our videos. Today we will be doing our second episode of season three. We're going to be talking about Pet Cemetery 2. Came out in 1992. This movie um, was directed by Mary Lambert who was actually the director of the original Pet Cemetery and the In Crowd, which, uh, the In Crowd, it, it, I own that on DVD. It's a movie that I got when I was like 13, 14, when it first came out. It's pretty much spank material. Um, that's all it is. It, the movie's pretty, pretty crappy, but it's like a typical, like, um, I want to say late nineties movie, like the skulls or something like that. And then you have, uh, also, she did. Uh, she directed Urban Legend Bloody Bloody Mary, which is I've never seen that. Um, Steve, have you seen Urban Legend Bloody, Bloody Mary? No, but that's funny you, you bring that up because I just found out about that movie today, and I had no idea it was directed by the person that we'll be talking about today, Pet Cemetery Two. Really, I, I again, I, it was like a. It's a third. It's a third in the trilogy of the Urban Legend trilogy. I hope for God's sake that didn't go longer than the third one. Um, <laughs> first. First Urban Legend was really good. Um, second one I saw, it was put in theaters, I believe it was called Final Cut, Urban Legend Final Cut. Yep, it was. Um, that, yeah, that movie was not good at all. It was definitely a piss poor slasher uh, towards the end of that late 90s slashers uh, era with, um, I know, The Last Summer and Scream and Urban Legend, Cherry Falls and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, actually every time I think of a, a movie that I was excited for and let me down in, in theaters, the first movie I think of was Urban Legend Final Cut, so yeah, yeah. cause the the first one was so good and the characters were so great and then um, I'm trying to I can't even remember who the killer in the second one was. I feel like it was Rebecca Gayhart was the killer in the first one. I think the professor was the killer in the second one. Yeah, I think he was like the movie director and he was mad that he wasn't appreciated or something. But Rebecca Gayhart yeah. does make uh, an appearance. She makes an appearance at the end, end. Yeah. inside the uh, mental asylum, right? Yep, she's like a nurse. The the two of them, yeah, yep. So again, uh, I would not recommend seeing the third. Seeing Urban Legend three would be like seeing I always know what you did last summer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, this, this Pet Cemetery two it stars a uh, little little Eddie Furlong from Terminator two, American History X, and he was also in the again terrible remake. You know this remake actually doesn't get um, doesn't get hammered that much. Like I said, it, it people seem to like it. Some people Night of the Demons. I thought it was absolutely terrible. It stars him and I'm trying to think of her name. She played Abby Morgan on um, Dawson's Creek. Uh, what was her name? Um, I'm going to look it up right now for a second because I know that there's a bunch of viewers going, how do you not know her name? Um, Abby Morgan. Let's see. She was played by... Actor. Abby Morgan was played by Monica Kina. Again, oh, Monica Kina is also in, um, she's the main girl in Freddy vs. Jason. So, Eddie Furlong and Monica Kina were both the stars in the remake of Night of the Demons, which I thought the, the first night, like, the original Night of the Demons was an awesome movie. That movie used to scare the shit out of me as a kid. I watch it now, it's cheesy, but it's still pretty cool. Um, they also had Night of the Demons 2 and 3, I also think. The third one I haven't seen, but the second one is stars Christine Taylor, who is Ben Stiller's wife. 
Um, then the uh, it also stars Pet Cemetery Two. Also stars Anthony Edwards coming off a of Top Gun and Revenge of the Nerds, and Clancy Brown, who I'm trying to think what else he's been. I know he was in the movie Bad Boys from Shawshank the '80s. Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Yep. So and he's he Mr. played Crabs. Gus. What he played? Who, who in that movie? Uh, he's Mr. Krabs in the SpongeBob cartoon. Mr. I've, I've never seen that cartoon, but now I might need to check out a couple episodes now. Yeah, but like I said. Yeah, yep. I've, I've never, I've never seen SpongeBob, but like I, I did hear people talking about like you want to hear something that doesn't. It, it's like if you think your job is useless, there's actually a fire department inside SpongeBob's town. So, <laughs> again, but uh, but Clancy Brown, um, again, I I I think we'll go over this in a little bit. But I think Gus stole the show. But uh, I'll say one thing about this movie: it made me feel better about myself. I think like looking, I think mainly back then, like young people look so much older. Like, I myself right now am six years older than Clancy Brown was while filming that movie. And that doesn't seem right. I feel like Clancy Brown looks like he's like 50 or in his late 40s in that movie. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I saw it last time when I was like 10 years old. But, uh, so that made me feel better. Uh, the movie, the plot of this movie is... When his mother, Renee, dies, young Jeff Matthews, who's played by Eddie Furlong, moves back to his hometown with his father, Chase. And Jeff grows friendly with Drew Gilbert at, uh, at school, who tells him about the Indian burial grounds that bring people and animals back to life, which led to the deaths of the Creed family, who used to live in town. Obviously, the Creed family is the family from the original movie. And desperately missing his mom, Jeff ignores warnings and buries her corpse, only to have her return in deadly zombie form. Um, it's, I always feel like Stephen King said this about the original, about the original Pet Cemetery. Because Stephen King, there was a time in the '80s where he looks back and he says that he doesn't remember writing any of this stuff because he was, he was. I I don't know if he was on drugs, but I know he was an alcoholic, and he said he does not remember writing Pet Cemetery. But he said after rewatching Pet Cemetery years later. He thought that it was like the darkest thing that he ever written, with um, with the death of the children and and all that stuff. Again, um, again, I, in the first one where Gage gets hit by hit by the truck, and again, so this movie is just like the original. Like I said, it's um, just the same type of plot. I didn't realize when I first saw it that it was, because I, I haven't watched this movie again. Like I said, in probably about twenty years. So I didn't, I forgot that they're actually in this, I mean, it makes sense that they're in the same town because it's the same pet cemetery, but there's like a scene in it where they drive, where, where they're, uh, where they steal, um, they steal his, what, cat in the beginning, right? Yeah. And they're running through the town and they run past the mailbox to the pet cemetery and the mailbox says Creed on it, like the original, uh, people that live there. So I didn't realize, I didn't remember that it was that connected to the original film. But, uh. Yeah, so what I thought that this movie kicked ass. It's like I mentioned this before. I this movie is I was on I was on Facebook before and some girl some girl dressed up as um, what's his name Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two for Halloween on my um, on my horror site. So I ended up commenting on it and going, "What a sick costume!" Like unlike I'm not saying that it's like we said before. I'm not saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre is better. Two is better movie than Texas Chainsaw Massacre One, but I certainly am more entertained by the second one. It's like me and you both said last time, like 
we don't think that this is a better movie than Pet Cemetery anyway, but it's definitely more entertaining. So, uh, what, what was your uh, reaction watching this movie again, Steve? Uh, yeah, exactly that. Um, the original, more grounded. This one, more surreal. Uh, more of a wild ride, more fun. Um, I love this movie just because, I mean, not just because, because I love everything about it, but especially because of Gus. I think Gus steals the show. Um, he's one of the most entertaining characters ever, both as like an alive regular human and when he dies. And it's pretty funny how uh, when he dies, um, somebody actually pointed this out on Instagram. He was such a dick in real life uh, as a regular person that when he dies, he even turns like a little more like compassionate. It's like cooler, like, you know, at least with the kids, he's still you know, more evil than ever. He killed the dog before when he was alive. Now he's killing people. But it's just funny how when, once he um, becomes a zombie, then Drew starts to appreciate him. You even get a little scene where uh, he's on the ri- uh, uh, riding his bike with Edward Furlong, Jeff. Um, and he's like, yeah, last night, Gus was acting so weird. I mean, this morning he was acting so weird. He didn't say a word. He was, he didn't, you know, he didn't bully me. And he even let me have extra pancakes. So I like, I like the little touch of um, when somebody gets buried in the pet cemetery, it's not as so simple as they just come back as murderous, uh, sadistic people. Um, you know, they also act different. They, they act kind of like, Kind of like a, a drunk person, you know, doing like really outrageous illegal stuff. Uh, for example, when uh, Gus kind of sexually abuses um, Drew's mom, like that's something we didn't see in the original. Like I said, the original they really just get buried, um, buried in the pet cemetery and come back as killers. Uh, this one's a little more complex. Gus comes back with like you know this really over the top sadistic personality. Um, he you know he acts a little. He's like a person like trying to figure out how to like be human. I feel like in this and um he looks a little like happier than before he died like he's having way more fun so I like that especially because on um, the first one you know it was a great movie really serious like I said more grounded um definitely touches on the themes of like mourning people a lot better like touches um it treats the subject a lot more seriously but I just found um what is the guy's name in the first one Creed um Will the father or yeah the father um yeah, um, Whatever his name is, I just found him um, to be a little dull and boring um, compared to both um, the dad in this, Edward Furlong's dad, I think is a little better in this, even though he's also kind of, you know, just like sitting there, like, you know, with like one facial expression. I just think that he expressed the mourn of like a loved one a lot better, like, you know, because a lot of people have different ways of mourning. Um, Edward Furlong's dad here looked like a little more like somebody who was just trying to like, you know, move forward and was more like, like strict and didn't want to like you know harp on it too much so in general i just found the the characters a lot more interesting here uh besides the the grandpa and the original the the guy that was a judge he's obviously a legend and one of the most famous characters in all of horror so besides him i think that every character in this is like an improvement from the first one uh just because in entertainment in an entertainment standpoint obviously like a character work and acting the first one since i said you know it's a more grounded movie it's uh, more serious they they you know, they do that better there when it comes to, like, filmmaking, I guess. But when it comes to entertainment, uh, this one's a lot better. And um, I love um, Zowie, the dog. Um, I like that it's a husky this time because it's uh, a lot more dangerous than, than a cat being buried. And um, I like the, the, the performance by Drew a lot. I thought he was really sympathetic and really came off as somebody who hates his home life and is really, you know, just fed up with everything and, you know, bullied by by his stepfather, so 
which I can relate to because I had stepfathers in the past. Um, and not that I was bullied, and they were anywhere you know near as mean as Gus, but I just know how Drew felt like you know um, having somebody that's not his father telling him what to do, especially the way Gus does it, because Gus is such an asshole, like you know saying, "Oh, you're breaking the law," and just like on his ass about every little thing. Uh, making fun of his his weight and his appearance, just you know, calling him like names and stuff in front of his mom, uh, having his way with his mom like right in front of him, just like very rude. So like I said before, even before Gus was dead, he was already an asshole. Um, after he was dead, he just you know he takes it way further by wanting to kill people, but at the same time he looks like he's like a lot more happy and like you know enjoying life more. So I like those those um, elements that are added where when you get buried in the pet cemetery, you don't just come back like. You know, it's just a, a zombie killer. You come back with, like, an exaggerated personality of who you were before. So it's like um, Gus came back after being buried, like, as his original self, but turned, with, like, the volume turned up to, like, 100. So um, a lot more added to, like, the lore of the Pet cemetery, which is why I like it, because it has a lot more fun with the with the subject and, like, the, the theme of a Pet cemetery. And um, I really liked Edward Furlong in this, and I was specifically impressed at how differently he acted than in Terminator 2 because I was waiting for him to be like the same character even though he does scream out for his mom kind of like in a similar way as he did to uh, Sarah Connor so I guess Edward Furlong is like the guy to call if you need somebody to like to scream he has a really <laughs> funny scream too by the way um yeah he, he did a good job um the whole movie just like I said about Drew how Drew is really good at you know showcasing somebody that's has like a bad home life and you know just is bullied all the time he always looks really depressed. Uh, Jeff Edward Furlong did that very well too. The whole movie, and I said this about the characters and signs also. Everybody acted like very like, like dull, and you could tell something's in the back of their head, and they're just not the same uh, because their mother died in signs. I thought the kids did a good job at, at showing that. Edward Furlong does that here too, and I could see some people saying that he's too whiny or complains too much, whatever. But you know, the guy's mom died, so he does a good job at showing that he misses his mom throughout the whole movie. Him and Drew are just very good at being, you know, um, even though it sounds funny, being like depressing characters together, like they're there for each other. Um, you know, well, yeah, I was about to say, I think, uh, I think Furlong does a good job again being that friend to lean on. Yeah, exactly. Because like, especially when like the, when Zoe dies, like he he understands loss by this point. Yeah. I, 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 he he understands loss. Um, to, so he's there with him. He's like, he's like, don't worry, I'll take you to go bury the dog. Like exactly. he's like with him. And it's not like, um, it's also not like, I think this film also goes into, the, the first one, like I said, the first one's more of a horror movie. It, I just described, I just compared this to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. First one's more of a horror movie. This one's more of a, just like a non-stop, like it, it's just more entertainment. It's just more, uh, I, I just want to say, I don't want to say action-packed, but yeah, it's, it's action packed. It's funnier. It's um, it's just as dark, but in a, it it it's darker in a lighter way. If that makes sense. Yep. But um, it's just as dark in a lighter way. But um, you can see with, you can see the main things about this movie is that, I think it's trying to show that again, how to deal with death, just like the original one. But you see that Edward Furlong's character and. Again, um, what what was the other kid's name? Um, Drew. Drew. Yep. You, you you see their characters. They're they're only thirteen year old kids. They don't understand that like loss is loss. Like again, like they, they they like how to deal with that the correct way. Like I I I've had a parent pass away, and you 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 understand that that happens in life. Like 
they don't quite understand that yet. Like, Jeff's obviously goal in this movie is, at the end is to bring his mother back. And his father's sitting there going, like, Anthony Edwards going, like, what did you do? Like, they, they don't understand that it's not a game to play with. Like, you, you get the... A lot of times when you're younger and you don't experience death like that, it's harder to take in, I guess, because you just... You don't understand that that's part of life. Yeah, so I think that it shows too. that. In contrast with, like I said before, how the dad is like kind of like just there, uh, like processing things and being more like serious and like, uh, I guess like a more stricter approach to mourning. Like you know, just like oh, don't don't worry about it. So I like how yeah. it shows different ways of mourning because um, the the dad um, was completely different than than the son. And um, even though I said the original treated it like more seriously, like mourning people, this one also. Uh, doesn't do it lightly and, and that's a big subject of it um, and I also like that at the end they do like a memorial you know it's a little weird and out of place they show all the people that died at the end like a tribute to it because like I said I always appreciate when they when they uh, when somebody dies and, and it's like you know emphasize that it's a big deal and not, not, a, not just that you know another person just died moving on well they're almost talking they're also talking about like when they show those pictures they're talking about death and loss mm-hmm. at the end and it, it's kind of like uh, when they show the pictures like that, even though they weren't showing the, the dead bodies in Scream, in Scream, but it's kind of like how they show at the end of the Scream movies, how they show all the characters in it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true, yep. Except this was but just it, the ones that died, though, but, but still, it was cool. Yeah, yep. But the two the two, two things I always think of when I see Pet Cemetery movies, uh, by the way, Pet Cemetery the remake, I, I don't know what you thought about it, I, I thought it sucked. Yeah, I hate um, it. And I like remakes. I, I just watched Fright Night the other night, which is an awesome remake. Um, I, I like, uh, I like, um, what's it, Dawn of the Dead, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I know Steve likes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake also, we both like Halloween remakes, so I, 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 I thought Piranha 3D w- w- was an awesome remake, but like, um, again, so I think there's some great ones out there, but Pet Cemetery Pet 2, I was, um, I, it did not do it for me, but, um, so the two scenes I always think about when I see like when I think of Pet Cemetery Two, or obviously Gage getting hit by the Mack truck, and second scene is this. We were talking about Gus before the stepfather. I thought that scene's hilarious with uh, where he comes back. Plus, these people come back like Steve was saying; they're different. They're different. They're similar to what they were, but but you could tell that they're different. So it kind of reminds me of like Pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, up. Yeah. Yep. And he comes back, Gus, and he's eating mashed potatoes, and like he's like spitting it out of his mouth in front of the boys, like he's opening up his mouth so they can see the mashed potatoes in his mouth, and then they see it uh, coming out of his neck. So Drew grabs it, grabs his uh, neckerchief and puts it up higher on his neck. Um, yeah, I, I think of that scene. This movie used to, when I used to watch it on pay per view, it used to terror. I, the beginning and end used to terrify me. Everything to do with the mother. Yeah. Like I said, the scene where she dies in the. Uh, spoiler alert, um, like I said, Drew, well, I already spoiled this. Drew's mother, Renee, dies in the beginning on set while filming a movie. She's supposed to be a big Hollywood actress. Jeff that's why when, uh, by Je- Jeff, yeah. That, that's why when Jeff gets back to town, all the, um, all the bullies in school and stuff are calling him Hollywood. Kind of making fun of him, but uh, whatever. My mother's rich and famous, so yeah, you, you, you can make fun of me because of that. Which but, reminded um, me of Halloween 4 when they made fun of Jamie for being an orphan. It's like these horror movie villains are just savages. Yeah, you never like... Bullies. Like, again, like, there aren't... I don't think there's bullies like that in every school. Like <laughs> I said, they're, they're, 
that there I'm sure there, there there are definitely bullies, but like again, these people it's kinda of like an it where they where they carve the name into they try to carve the name into Bowers tries to carve it in the bench chest into his stomach. It's like I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen often. And, like, it's not, like, just threatening to do it. Like, he's literally putting the knife into his stomach. Yeah, Henry but, Bowers, um, you know, with that knife, he was just, like, a crook. Not even a bully. Yeah. A killer. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, what, what, what was it getting at? Uh, oh, yeah, that and the ending scene where the mom comes back to life. And um, that's thought the special effects were decent for, like, this movie. It was better than the first one for when, um, who, who, I forgot the bully's name in this movie. I forgot too, but, but he's super memorable. I'll always remember that guy. Yeah, but the bully comes back after he dies when Gus um he gets his scarf cut inside the uh, inside the motorcycle that that, that Gus put in towards his face. Yeah, that part. But, is, um, that's the first scene I think of when I think of this movie. That part's burned in my memory forever. I still remember how I reacted seeing that as a kid. I remember when um the bully had the bicycle up to Edward Furlong's face, like threatening to cut his nose off the tire. I remember thinking, yeah. wow, i never seen that before. I never thought of how much that, that would really hurt. I'm like, wow, that, that, you know, that really could be a way to hurt somebody. And then Gus comes afterwards and outdoes it with the motorcycle. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now that really hurts. So it's just funny because I had just like saw for the first time in the movie a, a new, cool, creative way of killing somebody. And then two seconds later, Gus comes and just outdoes the kill. Well, even though he didn't go all through with the, with the bicycle, but Gus actually puts the, the motorcycle up to him and you know, takes him out with the scarf or whatever. That was an awesome kill. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and Gus also he kills uh, his his wife and and her son too. Yeah, that uh, again. I, I was hoping um, Drew somehow survived that, but that was that was so cruel. And um, I want to point out too, you said um, the practical effects and the makeup effects are better than this. I, I think in general, there's a lot of really good impressive shots in this. They they didn't uh, cut corners, they didn't take any shortcuts. It doesn't look like it's low budget or like you know they. They didn't really care too much about it because Stephen King didn't write it. This was a very well-made movie. There wasn't any phony-looking things to me. I, I thought, I think it holds up really well. Because that part when um, the truck hits Drew and his mom in the car, which is a really great scene, by the way. Gus chasing Drew uh, out the window and jumping on the car, breaking the window with a hammer. Uh, the Here's Johnny, like kind of like homage when he uh, rips through the door, except he does it with his head, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that part when, when they get hit with the truck, that was like fully shown. That that obviously wasn't CGI. It wasn't CGI that good that was days, but I just thought that was really impressive. And a lot of shots in this were really impressive. Yeah, and then you see like it, what's it like a potato truck or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and the gust went and then you see her, over. Yes, you see her foot sticking out of the potatoes with like the blood coming down it. Yeah, that but was like sad. um. And she was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. No, she was, and it's sad because again, um, you kind of. It, I felt like it was good that they didn't hold back because they, they didn't have to kill um, they didn't have to kill Drew but they did and yeah. Drew again was a likable character he was a sweet kid who again like he's just like like I said the typical fat kid that gets bullied and ha he, he, he has a tough time growing up because his his abusive stepfather and it's one of those movies where you expect like is Drew gonna get revenge on his stepfather and kill the and kill the uh, the dead Gus? But again, it's kind of like again, like I said, going back to that Mack truck scene in the in the first movie, they don't really hold back. It's not like oh, we feel bad for this guy. It's like, and realistically, evil Gus would kill just normal Drew. Yeah, and it's also good yeah. because, um, like you said, Drew was so likable. You know, um, such a good little kid. Uh, I really love when um, when they're at the dinner table and then uh, Gus once again with the, you're breaking the law, like you know, talking to him like. 
like he's like an idiot, like trying to sound like all professional and like, you know, he's just teaching him lessons when in reality he's really just a dick and, you know, a bully. Uh, I like when Drew tries to, um, when he points the remote at Gus and tries to change him, like, you know, even though he knows obviously it's not going to work, but I just thought that was really funny. Um, oh yeah, he's talking with Gus and Gus looks at him and, and, and then he finally turns it off. Yeah, yeah, and then he makes a comment like, um, like, oh, we, I thought we talked about you losing some of, and then he made like a, a really mean remark about his fat. I forgot how he said it, but basically he said, I thought we talked about you losing weight in like a really mean way. But um, yeah, I think it was important for him to kill Drew because um, we like Drew so much because how likable he was, and it's a good reminder that Gus is an evil piece of shit. You know, if, if him like sexually abusing his his wife, whatever, and all the stuff he did before wasn't enough, killing his dog when he was still alive. Um, him killing Drew is a good reminder because Gus is so funny and entertaining and like kind of like likable. Like you know, he's he's making us laugh, whatever. We like seeing him in the movie. Him killing Drew and his wife is a reminder. Like, all right, no, but this is an evil guy. It needs to be stopped. So. Like you said, I like that they don't hold back. It's Anthony Edwards that kills him at the end, right? Anthony, yeah, yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the movie at the end just takes like a whole like crazy turn. I, I, I like it. Um, especially seeing the bully come back to life. That was that was a pretty cool little touch. Yeah. No. Again, like it, it's even like it's it's hard to like the first time he comes to like the door, it's it's hard to tell that it's him because yeah, it's, it's like based on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I, I knew it was him just because I remembered growing up and watching it. And then moments later, the way that he's talking to him, you, you get it. Yeah, but, he's uh, like, want to play? And then he says the Chucky line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, um, I, I'm, I'm always, like, again, not that this is a Stephen King movie because it's not. It's based on Stephen King, like, idea with Pet Cemetery. But, again, I, I think that they did a great job with it. And it's, it's like you said, like, it's it's... It's great how even though he didn't write this, that they decided to uh, with production that, that everything went so well, and that they uh, they ended up um, again they got they got Furlong because he was coming off of Terminator Two, mm-hmm. and they got Anthony Edwards obviously because of Top Gun and maybe Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, to, speaking of Top Gun, go out and see Maverick if you haven't yet. Maverick, uh, best movie I've seen this year. Um, but yeah, no. Um, it was just. They didn't take like I, like you said. They they even casted Edward Furlong, who was really hot at this time. Um, so that shows the effort that they put. And even like the the focus groups or whatever, the suits did a good job at like finding out what was in at that time because um you know it's a very MTV movie and it's like perfect for that time. Um, being a teenager at that time, that movie you know probably spoke to you and stuff. Um, the way everybody's dressed, the music, it's just so. So grungy, and it's crazy that it came out only three years after Pet Cemetery One. Uh, I think you pointed this out before about like the big difference between um, I think the jump from Scream to Scream Two. Like you see how different people dress and stuff in just two years, or whatever. Uh, this one from yeah. 80, 89 to ninety two, it's like night and day. So I love how nineties is this. All the nineties parts, um, and not just like the the soundtrack or like the grunge music, but even the other music that they choose to um to play. It's like Reminds you a lot of like the '90s stuff, like when um, Z- uh, Zoe gets killed by, by um, Gus. They play like that little sappy music when uh, when Drew's when Drew goes up to him and holds him as he's like bleeding out. Like I I know a lot of people probably think that's like you know outdated and you know makes the movie corny, but I really like like the sappy music they played during that. I thought it added like character well, to the movie. I think this music that the music of this movie is like. It had like a wide range, like a little bit, like you yeah. said, there was some, like, like you just, like you were just saying, but also if you, if you the bands that like had drama rama in it, had a, uh, had the, the Ramones had another song in it called Poison Heart, 
Uh, Ramones also had obviously Pet Cemetery in the original one that they had a song there. Uh, there was a group L7 in it, and uh, even Tracy Lords. The um, you, you know who Tracy Lords is? No. You, you you never heard her name? She was um. You ever see Cry Baby with Johnny Depp? Yeah. She was in that. She's a blonde in that. So she was in um. She was in Cry Baby with uh. She was in a couple of John Waters films, Cry Baby and maybe. I don't know if you've seen Serial Mom. Yeah. I think she. I think she's in Serial Mom, and she had a. She she did music too, so she uh she had a song in this movie too. So again, it was like very wide range. Whether like it's like random people like Tracy Lords, or there was some punk mixed in with the Ramones, some '80s drama rama, which it, I want to say drama rama is kind of like hair metal. Um, and then uh, and then you had like you said, this was '92. So it was filmed in 91, like Steve was just saying, this is when the grunge era was starting up, Nirvana and all that stuff, and um, Soundgarden and all that stuff, so they, they, they had some uh, some grunge music in there. So I, I thought it was a great soundtrack. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I want to point out, um, the the city is like a character in itself in this. The city just really like adds so much. Like The, the whole movie has like a really cool co uh, color palette. Like It has like this bleak, like... It's just really good at like this playing fall. Like we're, we're from um, northeast, so we know like what it looks like in the fall, and like just like the feel it, it gives off. And I think they capture it really perfectly. Like um, a lot of the settings, a lot of the shots when the camera backs, backs up, like specifically when you see the graveyard. I thought that was very impressive and very big. Um, like I wonder if that was a set, if that was a real place that they went to. It was very impressive. Um, the trees, the dead trees, when. When um, the scene with the motorcycle that we like so much, like the background, it's just like, in general, seeing them ride their bikes, just like the open skies, everything, the roads, just the the city and this and this movie adds a lot to the movie. I think it, it's like the the tone that that the movie gives off. A lot of it is thanks to um, the setting, and they did a really good job the cinematography in this. And also, I think it's interesting that a woman directed it, and I wonder if that's why she was able to make Gus so like. Um, menacing and like scary because it's like in the perspective of a woman showing how scary like a man you know unhinged could be so uh, um, I'm not sure if that's like where that came from but I just think Gus was really good at being like a like just like this alpha male like you know just like this very uh, tough like mean big bully so um, I think it helped a lot that a woman directed it I was surprised that she directed this and the first one. I didn't know that until a couple oh, hours ago. I didn't know ago. that. I did not know that either. Okay. Yeah. Well, so it's like so, two so totally. What the hell is people's complaints about this movie? This movie, I, I, like I said before, it's well made. No shots were like you know, looked low budget. Um, I mean, it's not the best dialogue. It's not character driven like the original. But when it comes to what this movie set out to do, they did it very well, and it holds up extremely well. So, honestly, this movie deserves a lot more respect than it gets. It's, and it's not just. Like, I. And it's not just like, you know, oh, it's entertaining, don't take it seriously, shut your brain off type of way. It's just a good movie, period. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of um, trying to convince people to, you know, take it seriously. It's a good movie, and that's it. I get why people don't like it, though. Again, like, again, like I, I enjoy it, but that's because I enjoy all movies. Like, for, I, I enjoy most movies, but I, I think this is a, a notch above a lot of movies. Yeah. But um, I guess, like, when you go see Pet Cemetery 1, and like we were just saying, like, this isn't, like, this movie isn't terrifying by any means. Um, it, it tackles some, some sensitive uh, subjects, uh, some things that people really go through, like I said, about death and about like um, child abuse and about stuff like that and, and spousal abuse and um, things like that. Um, 
it definitely has its dark themes in it, but it's not like again, it's not like Pet Cemetery One. It's not like if you see like Jaws is a horror movie. Jaws three isn't a horror movie. Um, well, that's another good comparison. Jaws one is Pet Cemetery one. Jaws two is Pet Cemetery two. Except Pet Cemetery is a little better, I think. Yeah, yeah, but all, it's the same thing with like again with Child's Play though. It's like Child's Play is Pet Cemetery, and and again, Pet Cemetery two is like Bride of Chucky. It's still a fun, exciting movie that went in a different direction a little bit. Or you but I'm even, not watching. Yeah, you can even it, maybe say Child's Play two. Yeah, I guess it's it's adding more humor and stuff into it, but yeah. like again, like I said, and, dark and the humor. First, the first one's a Child's Play one is a more conventional, traditional horror, you know, structured movie. The second one yeah. goes more over the top of the concept. Okay, yeah, but what I'm getting at is that like if I want someone to like be scared, and like they're like, we really want to watch a movie that scares us, that makes us feel like uneased. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like watch Pet Cemetery two, <laughs> like I said. Uh, so again. But so I can see why people going going into it. it it's kind of like comparing it to music. Uh, I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Uh, Guns N' Roses is amazing, but I think Guns N' Roses might be the last great classic rock band, American classic rock band. Um, maybe Stone Temple Pilots, not sure. But um, I don't think they're as good as GNR, but they're close to them. But like I said, but Guns N' Roses is one of my top five bands. And... They had a new, not new album anymore, but now that album that came out, what, like 15 years ago or so, whatever, how long ago? It took them about, about te- over a decade to release Chinese Democracy. And that's one of the best albums of the 2000s. Like I said, it's a great album. And a lot of people hate it because they weren't getting your typical Guns N' Roses music. So, and with a different band or whatever, not the same music. So it's the same thing. It's like people are going to go in and watch this and say, it's kind of like seeing, not exactly, but like seeing Halloween 3. It's like you're, you're expecting a certain genre, you're expecting something different. So, okay, that's uh, a great analogy because um, in music, I, artists that I like, I specifically love when they release concept albums. You know what a concept album is, right? Obviously. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so, and when concept albums come out, that's a lot of people's complaints. Oh, it sucks because it's not like their usual album. Oh, it sucks. It's not like the, the last one. This doesn't sound like so-and-so artist. Uh, don't you get it? It's a concept album. It's supposed to be like its own thing. So Pet Cemetery 2 is kind of like a concept album in, in the way that it's taking liberties and just really having fun and, and picking a tone and sticking with it and being different than what people are expecting or want or the previous thing you, you know, you're known for. So, yeah, I know exactly. I'm not sure if that Guns N' Roses album was a concept album, but in general, um, people just don't react well when, you know, a sequel or a follow-up to something from before is completely different than it. But if you look at it as what it is and don't judge it comparing it to what, you know, you wanted it to be or what it should have been, whatever, you'll, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, that's the same. Like, they, they made Pet Cemetery 2, and they went in a different direction, but the direction that they went in, they definitely succeeded in. And... The thing about GNR, about Chinese democracy, is that Axel was, um, I don't know how big a fan you are of Guns N' Roses, like, about their history and stuff, but Axel was always trying to change the band. Like, he never, he, when he got tired or something, he was done doing it. It's like, they made Appetite for Destruction, which was their first album, and Axel was openly saying he didn't want the next album to sound anything like that. 
Which is a good so, thing, I think. I, that's yeah, yeah. why they're so good. Because they have somebody like but Axel the, saying, let's not just play it safe. Let's not just do the same thing over and over again. Let's keep you know people guessing. That's also what broke up the band, though. Because yeah. people like Slash and stuff, like, again, they wanted to keep remaking music like Appetite for Destruction. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, you could like the music that you make and want to do it over and over again. Like I said, there's more songs to be made like that. But if, someone wants to get, if two people want to go in two different directions... It's not going to end well. And again, so that that's what that was. But enough about GNR. But like, uh, um... Yeah, in general, so, if you yeah. want to convince somebody to watch this movie, all you have to do is basically say Clancy Brown and the character he plays, Gus. Watch it just for that alone. Um, he was so good in this. I, I want to say he's he, I, he deserves to be known as one of the top horror icons. He's, he's up there on my list. He's one of my favorite... Um, bad guys in all of horror he doesn't need a mask he doesn't need like any you know cool weapons even though he does use cool weapons but gus is just his personality alone kind of like how freddy is, is so loved because of his personality uh gus is just entertaining as hell to watch and i'll always watch this movie just because of him he's what i always remembered um when i went back to it he's once again just like when i was little the best part and he was so good that i heard even um Fangoria nominated him for Best Male Actor, but it, it was in 1992, so that was the year that Silence of the Lambs came out, so obviously he didn't win. Yeah, and si that, that, that's some tough competition. Silence of the Lambs, if you ask me, is the... Probably... Scream is... I, again, I like Scream more, but Silence of the Lambs, just because I like it more, doesn't make it a better movie. I think Silence of the Lambs is a better horror movie. Um, Silence of the Lambs is probably the best horror movie that came out in the last 40-some-odd years. So again, like I, I'm, I'm trying to think like the closest so movie that I can compare to Silence Lambs as a horror movie being as good that came out before that would be The Shining in 1980. But like again, like I'm trying to think of anything that came out after 1980 that I would say is anywhere near as good as Silence of Lambs. Like I said, I like Scream a lot, but that's my personal, probably my favorite horror movie. Um, Halloween's a close second. They're both up there. But like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Scream's a better horror movie than, than Silence of the Lambs. Like, if, like again, like I was saying, if you want to go be terrified, like yeah. I said, uh, yeah, yeah. Also, like I said before, uh, the dog, probably the best dog actor I've ever seen, the Zowie, and probably Milo in The Mask, the Jack Russell Terrier. Those are the two best animal actors I've ever seen. Um, and in general, I want to give the Pet Cemetery series props for how they work with animals because um even church in the first one was really impressive like what they got him to do um zoe the stuff that they got him to do it's like how do you even train a dog to do, you know to behave that well on, you know, on a movie or whatever and also kids because um they say in hollywood one of the rules is never work with um kids or animals and i actually saw ever furlong say this in an interview uh he recited that he's like yeah they say they say in hollywood never work with kids or animals and he's like and i say fuck you to that because i was a kid when i worked <laughs> and it's true because um yeah. You know, obviously, it's probably challenging to work with them, but if done right, it could be, you know, very impressive to watch. Uh, the Pet Cemetery series, in general, very good at handling kids from uh, Gage in the first one um, to the teenagers in this. I thought it acted very cool in, like, teenagers, um, like, in the 90s did. And um, um, the bullies, like, just in general, kids, the way they're displayed and animals, the way they act, always I've always been really impressed with in uh, Pet Cemetery. It's very very raw and real and like you said before they just don't hold back like nobody wants to accept that even though it's exaggerated obviously teenagers are, are bullies but nobody's going around with a bicycle um you know ripping people's noses off but p 
people really could be that cruel and and you know mean inside so i like how how they didn't hold back and you see the teenager just like you see all uh, gauged get hit in the, by, by a truck in the first one you know um the camera cuts away but whatever it's still implied that he got hit um you see a teenager flat out get killed by gus in this one with the motorcycle so um yeah i love that they don't hold back at all well it didn't take too much like for the dog to make sure that the dog was reacting right because he, that wasn't a real dog you know right no, the the part when when he's holding him, it, uh, when he's bleeding out, that was really him. No, the whole movie that it, it was that it wasn't it was a midget in a costume. No, it wasn't. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I was uh, gonna say that. I was gonna say that explains a lot because that dog really impressed the yeah. shit out of me. They're like, they're like put him on the in the ambulance and then they carry him and they put him and he's like put he's like not moving around. They, uh, he's petting him and he's staying still. He really looked like he's dying. I'm like. This is a really impressive well, dog. Now you're telling me it's a midget? It's like, oh, fuck, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but the dog reminded me a lot of the dog from uh, The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. That's another good yeah. dog. Yeah. Uh, I forget the dog's name in Lost Boys. Um, I don't remember why. I can't remember it. Um, we did an episode in Lost Boys back in season one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and also they showed the teenagers smoking cigarettes, which, um, again, people don't yeah. want to accept or know that, you know, they don't want to see that, but... This movie does not hold back. They show teenagers how they really act. But you don't really see that in, on TV anymore, like TV shows. I had people smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, generally um, you don't need to see it, yep. Considered to be dirty. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but anything else you want to add, Steve? Um, no, just not a single dull moment in this movie. That's my favorite part about it. Um, everything is entertaining, all the characters. Um, Gus steals the show. Uh, Drew's really likable. Uh, Edward Furlong did a great job. Um, some really creepy imagery, even though it might not be the scariest. Um, I love the look of it. Like I said before, it has a really nice color palette. It's really good at, at showing um, like the fall and just that city. It just looks so like you could feel like the cold like in the air, and it's just like very very well shot. The movie. I don't I don't think it's it comes off as a an unnecessary sequel. It doesn't come off as like a B movie or a rush movie or, or something that didn't really need to be made, like a cash grab, like this movie actually, like I'm really happy it came out because um, it's, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one, so yeah. Well, it's definitely a good movie to do like, sorry, do like around like Halloween time too, yeah, because like and, we were talking about during, like, during like the Halloween films, like there are some Halloween films like from the franchise Halloween that give that Halloween vibe. Yeah. This one does a good job doing that. Yep, and not yeah. just the city like I'm saying, but even literally, it takes place in Halloween in one part, and that's really cool, seeing the kids in the costumes um, gathering yeah. around the campfire. And then another thing that we didn't talk about, which is really cool, uh, during that Halloween scene, so we recommend everybody watches this on Halloween or for the season to get in the spirit. It's a really good Halloween movie, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, I like how they're telling the story around the campfire, which reminded me of um, the Midnight Society and, and the Are You Afraid of the Dark. Um, the bully, which we can't remember the name of, but he did a great job. He tells the story of what happened in Pet Cemetery 1 and then what happened afterwards. So you get to find out uh, what happened afterwards, if, if the story he's telling is true. But I like how the events of the first one, um, like you said before, it's, they connected it a lot more than you, than you remembered by showing that you know, they're, they're from the same uh, spot as the Creeds. But also, they, it's like a story that's being passed around in, in the town, kind of like uh, Michael in, in Haddonfield. And it's like it became kind of an urban legend. Where you know it becomes a game of telephone. Where the more you pass the story, it, it eventually becomes like something that you know didn't happen or just is exaggerated. So we don't really know if that's what happened after the first one, but I like that they let us know like the story that's going around and how they became kind of like urban legends. So you know it just adds a lot to it. So I love the Halloween feel. I love the fall feel, and I love um, I just love how the characters act in this. So it's a, it's a great movie. I love it. 
Yeah, I gotta feel like even though like, they tell what happens in, in after the first one during the during the uh, fire the, the, during the um the, during uh, when they're sitting outside in front of the um the fire they built. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of those things where it's supposed to be like telephone, where it's yep. like I heard this and then he told me that, and by the time I guess you like the story is like half true, but um, but also again we talked about the Midnight Society you just brought up while you heard the doc. Like I said, uh, I mentioned this last time too. I still gotta check it out, but. Go check out the Midnight Club, the um, Heather Langkamp show, the new uh, the new Heather Langkamp show. Obviously, you know who Heather Langkamp is Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I look forward to seeing that. But um, yeah, but again, like guys, um, next week we're going to be doing Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers, um, it's a werewolf movie, and, and but we do again, we have a couple things that we want to do later on in the future going on. Like it's like we're going to start doing a couple TV episodes here. We're going to be doing um, Exorcist, but we want to hear what you want to hear, like like we say every week. So go under YouTube at the end of the uh, at the end of um, at the end of watching our video. Just type in what movie you want to hear. If you get enough likes, if we see that people want to hear it, or let's say you're one of the only people commenting, we appreciate your comment. So we will do a review on what movie you want to hear about. So again, so just let us know what's going on. All right. But again, thanks for listening, guys. Be afraid. And we'll see you next time with Dog Soldiers. Take care, guys.